You're listening to the Passion Church Podcast. Our mission is to help people win by living a genuine Jesus-filled life. If you are ever in Cameron, Missouri, then come and join us and be a part of the Passion Church family. You can visit our website, passionchurchmo.com, to find out more about us. Oh, uh, God is good, God is good, God is good. He, uh, thank you guys uh, for a warm welcoming. No, we don't have a lot of time in pulpit ministry at all. Uh, we are, like you guys have always said, we've been in, in body ministry. We've been in the trenches. We've been in our homes. We've been in nursing homes. We've been out. So this is new to both of us. Now we've assisted in altar ministry. I think I've, I've been a part of an altar team. I, took a, uh, I went to school, for those of you that don't know the, my past, I was born again in 1997 and uh, was a complete drug addict, uh, alcoholic, uh, come from a fatherless home, uh, not, never churched, and uh, pretty much was on the streets at the age of 15. I had no home at 17 and just uh, went the way of the, didn't know where I was going to sleep at night, sometimes it, uh, it was just uh, whoever's friend's house I crashed at that night or wherever or the next week. And sometimes weeks would go by and I forgot what week or day it was. So it was a horrible past. So I wasn't really educated. I, uh, um, I don't know why uh, I'm going here, but um, uh, uh, didn't finish high school. Um, was told all my life I would never amount to anything. I would dig ditches for a living. Um, uh, I, I did nothing, and, and, and in that current condition, it probably would have been true if I'd have stayed and, and, and seen no God intervention and no Jesus. Their prophecies would have probably been true. I would be in prison today. Uh, I would have everything that the, the devil was saying that I would be. Um, so with that being said, we, we've, we've spent a, a lot of time in Immediately upon that salvation, I had the heart to serve, and I had a calling, and I heard the voice of the Lord early in my salvation. Some of you know a radical transformation, a, a, a radical invasion of the Holy Ghost. When I, the very day I was saved, uh, I had a, a manifestation of the of of the Holy Ghost and Jesus Himself, where He revealed Himself to me in a tangible, touchable way, where I could feel Him, and. Uh, so immediately he said to me, tell my people that I'm coming. That was in 1997. He said, I'm raising you up. I've saved you. You're my father. In short, I'm going to teach you, and you're going to tell my people that I'm coming, and I'm coming soon. Listen to me, son. Follow me. Get in my word. All those things that the Lord says he was Give me Now I give you my Holy Spirit. Baptize me in the Holy Ghost himself. I didn't receive the Holy Ghost in a church setting. I didn't receive the Holy baptism of the Holy Ghost. by. A, I didn't know what the baptism of the Holy Ghost was. I was high the day before. Today I'm sober, felt the hand of God, was so happy, I just started praising him when I laid my head down the night I was saved, and Jesus himself said, come and receive thee the Holy Ghost. And I'm like, well, what is this? And I'm, I'm trembling, and I'm shaking, and fire's hitting my body, and electricity is flowing all over me. And, and, and when he touched my throat and said, take this tongue and use it when you talk to me, all that stuff I had to learn later through study and Sunday schools. And so immediately as he revealed himself to me, called me to that uh, 
ministry role, I have immediately been serving and trying to serve since that day. That's been 20-some years, but never felt drop everything because you got to remember, I was uneducated. I had, at that point in my life, I had never uh, legally, I was 26 years old, and I don't think I had made $12,000 in my life legally. I don't even think I made 12000 illegally because I'd spend it fast as I'd make it. I, I, didn't, I didn't have, I, I had skill sets that I knew that I had taught, that I'd learned at the ages of 8, 9, 10, 11, and 12 of being around farmers and carpenters and, and, and being raised by those men. And, and for some way, it, it embedded in me and it, it, it put some kind of, God did it, some kind of education in me that I was able to, to hold on some skill sets. But for the first time in my life, I had felt free and I'd felt like I was normal, and the demons that were I was possessed with were cleansed, and I was clean, and I started thinking clearly, and I started thinking righteously, and I started seeking God and his word, and, and, and then worked my way career-wise. So it wasn't like God said, Jesus revealed himself to me, called me to a full-time ministry, and, and go and tell. I really believe God had a... a, a he had to teach me a few things. He wanted me to stay in the career, in a career and in a job and in a workforce and still be discipled by him and his Holy Spirit in, in the church. So immediately within that first year, we uh, have been able to minister through an altar team, you know, taking school. I uh, later uh, enlisted and uh, went through all the courses of the Berean University Assembly of God, if you don't know who that is, it's a university that the Assemblies of God uses to raise up uh, pastors and, and ordain ministers. And I went through that as a young Christian, and way back then, uh, they had bylaws that stated uh, if you had been married before or your wife had been married before, then you could no, never be an ordained minister in the Assemblies of God. Pastor Jerry, you may even remember that bylaw, weren't you Assemblies? No, you weren't assemblies. Who was in here that was assemblies? I know they had, was it pastor? They had that bylaw in the 90s. Well, then I, I really believe some of my cases, what helped central districts uh, change that, where now today that's not the issue. But that was like a bubble burster, you know. They came to me after doing those courses and said, hey, we can't ordain you. We can't even give you a minister's license under the assembly of God. So that was just like the devil took that and just raged war on me. But that's a little bit about uh, the background. But yes, uh, we have always loved people. Not always been perfect, but we love people. My wife loves people. We love to, and we, when we say we pray, we pray. We don't say we pray and don't pray. I'm very disciplined in that. If I've told you, brother, I'm praying for you, it means I stopped right that second, and the minute I typed it, I probably prayed right then because I know me. I can't say, I'll pray for you, and then go on about my business, and then think I'm going to do it later. No, when the need comes to us both, we stop what we're doing, and I think we all should do that, and pray for someone. You know, the Holy Spirit knows. If you say you're going to pray for someone, he knows. So don't, you know, so I learned that a long time ago. I, I didn't want to oh, I forgot, you know. So anyway, we're happy to serve. We will do everything we can uh, to bring our experiences and everything that, that God has done in us and through us and in our life, whether it be in, in, in the natural, in, in our careers, 
versus what he's done to us in the spirit, both ways we'll share everything we've ever learned. Um, God's uh, grace and mercy for those who seek him will overwhelm you, and some of, many of all of us know that. You will be astonished in his blessings. You will pinch yourself many times. You will fall to your knees and say, really, God? It's that good? It's, I mean, and Jesus himself said it, taste and see that I'm not good. Some of the first words he said to me. Um, something on my heart today is uh, as I look around the world and, and see what's going on, uh, it, yes, it affects us all as citizens. We can preach about how this is going to be the last days, and, 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 and we know that the, that the bride and the birth pains and, and, and the world is setting the stage for an antichrist rule, and, 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 uh, and we know that the return of Jesus is closer now than ever. He promised to come back. He's going to. Part of getting that stage set and the Holy Spirit gave this to me in such a powerful way, and, and, and I'm going to take you to a, uh, a couple scriptures. And while I'm uh, breaking that, I'm going to be in Ezekiel chapter 34 for a minute. And, and those of you that know that portion of scripture is where the Ezekiel, of the prophet was being, the Lord was revealing the condition of his shepherds, his pastors. And as I was praying this week about, God, what would you have me to say? Because Steve can't say anything right, Steve, if I leave it up to me. I, I've learned what comes from the flesh is versus what comes from the Spirit, so I'm very diligent about that. And you know what? It's pastor's birthday. And I got to thinking about this, our pastors, and it's his day off today, but I want to honor you pastor from the bottom of my heart because you guys don't realize how blessed we are as you read in the I think sometimes we don't understand what shepherds are out there Jesus being the good shepherd right and the Lord led it and just really showed that we are blessed to be in a flock that's led to green pasture a good shepherd will carry the same traits as Jesus himself. And we may read it when he said, I am the good shepherd, and this is what I do. A good pastor will mimic those traits. And I see that in our pastors. All of you do. I, I, don't, I see they lay, they lay their life down. They care and they pray and they love and they watch. And I'm going to tell you something. Have, have you ever, I have goats. I'm telling you. They are kind of like sheep, and I know the word says that we're going to separate goats, but their brains kind of work the same. And, and, and if, how many of you have really studied sheep at all? A little bit? They're not as dumb as people think they are, and neither are goats, or what they've said they are. Um, so to have a good shepherd is very important to have a good flock. You have to have a good shepherd because a farmer will tell you that without a shepherd and sheep left to their own will not survive. They will perish. Uh, 
there's, they, they'll just self-destruct, and that's just what they'll do. In Ezekiel, um, basically, uh, it's a long chapter, and for the sake of time, I don't want to read it because we have a lot to do today, and I want to get this through what the Lord has laid on my heart and, and, it, and it be him. But chapter 34, basically, is Ezekiel, uh, the, Lord, the word of the Lord come to Ezekiel, saying, Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and say unto them, Thus saith the Lord God unto the shepherds. Woe be to the shepherds of Israel that do feed themselves. Uh, should not the shepherds feed the flocks? Ye eat the fat, and ye clothe you with the wool. You kill them that are fat or fed, but ye feed not the flock. So uh, 34 is basically a, a warning from the Lord saying, you pastors, you shepherds are taking it all and not giving back. You're not, Jesus said to Peter, how many times did he say, if you love me, feed my sheep. So this is a warning that he's saying, you're not, f and, 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 and he goes on to talk about how he's going to take that back. And then in Jeremiah uh, I want uh, real quick, just look what Jeremiah says. And, and I think it's important that you read 34. I'm not going to read the whole thing. Um, but uh, 34 is a warning to shepherds, basically. It's a warning to pastors. It's a warning um, that, that needs to be listened to. And, and any good pastor will understand the, 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 the great responsibility you have when you call, because see, in this world, and, and, and there are pastors by title, right? We've seen them. But then there are pastors that are shepherds, and you've heard the term, a shepherd's heart. So it's very important as you're seeking Jesus, you're seeking righteousness, that you herd with a flock that's being fed by someone with a shepherd's heart like we have here at Passion Church and our pastors. You have to, because sheep herd. And when they herd, as they herd, they protect one another. Because when they're in a herd, they're, 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 well, I'm protecting you and, and, and against enemies and friends and parasites, and then it gets deeper with sheep. We talk about why we anoint them with oil. I did the other day, our goats. And I'll tell you why I did it. And what happens if... You don't. Jeremiah um, 23. Jeremiah 23, real quick. And then I'm going to go from the heart here. I just got to lay the foundation of what the Lord is, is saying here. In, in chapter 23, 1 through 6, Jeremiah, okay, Ezekiel's warning, Jeremiah is foreseeing. He's, Jeremiah is seeing, has seen some bad examples of shepherding, but he's envisioned a day when godly shepherds would be established. What did he see? And that's, that's where you, what you get when he's saying, woe be unto the pastors that destroy and scatter the sheep of my pasture, the Lord. Therefore, thus saith the Lord God of Israel against the pastors that feed my people. You have scattered my flock and driven them away and have not visited them. Behold, I will visit upon you and your evil doings, saith the Lord, and I will gather the remnant of my flock out of the countries whither I have driven them 
and I will bring them again to their folds, and they shall be fruitful and increase. I'm telling you guys, here's what's going to happen. You have riots and, and, and ungodly protests and uh, men calling evil good and good evil. You're a policeman, so you're bad. Is that messed up? He's supposed to be a shepherd. He's to protect and serve. He's not bad. So you already have a society that is, I've seen it build. And I'm not going to turn this into that particular thing. But it's, here's what's happened. Because, and we have had pastors or shepherds, and I'm going to go to the church, universal, have scattered the flock. And God is saying, I'm gathering my flock and I'm establishing shepherds that are not scared to speak, that are not scared to preach truth, that are not scared of whether you leave the church or not, or stop giving or not, the truth will be preached. And you will be led to green pastures. You will have, be blessed because you listen and you come in and fold. And is what we're seeing is when you see people going astray and going nuts and going, uh, 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 calling good evil and evil good and, and all that we see going on in the world is a direct result of, I don't know any other term but to say except for bad pastoring, compromising preaching. Saying one thing, doing another. If you're sick, they don't tend to you. They don't call you. They don't take care of you. They don't love you. They love them and their houses and what that can do for them. And, and not, you know what I mean? It's universal. And I'm not saying that pastors aren't supposed to be blessed and maybe have big houses. And this. I'm just, you know where I'm going here. Uh, we have a society and the fruit I truly believe, revealed by the Holy Spirit in prayer, that he is going to fix this in what we've read in Jeremiah in natural Israel, in spiritual Israel. We know that we are spiritual Israel. We are joined, grafted into the body of Christ. I watch very closely what goes into the natural at Israel because that affects us spiritually. So uh, God is saying... Uh, I will gather the remnant of my flock out of all the countries where I have driven them. So as, as the flock is coming together, let me tell you how this works. This is good. Shepherd, a shepherd's primary responsibility is the safety and welfare of the flock. A shepherd will graze the animals, herding them uh, to areas of good foyage and keeping them uh, keeping a watchful eye on them. So I'm a, a, a good pastor. Sometimes, you know, when a pastor's all up in your business, really, and getting personal about things and just telling you how it is, like Pastor Colleen will sometimes, <laughs> it's because she knows that you're getting over here and you need to be over here. So just like the good shepherd, my rod and my staff they guard you and comfort you, that they're, they're doing that. So they're saying, no, don't get over here, get over here, get over here. Don't go that way. Shepherds will anoint and pour oil. This is my favorite. 
on the sheep's head. You know why? It's a repellent. It keeps parasites away. So when the good shepherd anoints our head spiritually, and we receive that anointing, he's guarding us against parasites. Now, you know if a sheep gets a parasite or a goat, I had to learn this too. Last year I had a goat that would just slam its head up against a wall. Just bonk, bonk. I'm like, what's wrong with that? It's sick. But just go up by the wall and just boom, slam it. So I started researching why does that happen? If a parasite gets into a sheep, they will bust their skull trying to control it. We have to be protected. You can't let a parasite in you. And the devil is seeking who he may devour. He wants to destroy us. He wants to kill us. And if we don't anoint our head, there's two ways this happens. In the natural, we have our pastors that will anoint us. And we have Jesus himself that will anoint us in prayer. And only you can only get that anointing in prayer. You have to be in the secret place. Yeah. And then he that anoints my head. I get that. Some of you can naturally, yeah. you, can, you ever feel that when you're in prayer and you feel that running down? That's not just you. That's the Holy Spirit really anointing you. And I've, sometimes you can feel it, can't you? Run down your head and you think, what is that? Man? They're tingling on top of your head. Am I the only one that feels that? No, that's, that's the Spirit of God anointing us. I, you know, I believe that. Sheep herd and bond closely with other sheep. Here's why. They create a flock, therefore creating protection from the predators, like I said. They are surprisingly intelligent. They build friendships, and they stick up for one another in fights. They will, they, and, and they feel sad, listen to this, when they are sent to slaughter their friends. A sheep knows when you pull one from the herd and send it to slaughter, and they actually... Scientists have showed that they are sad, that their friend is gone. So they're not as dumb as people think. But And the reason they get that term is sheep will wander around and follow blind guides. Sheep really will follow a, they'll follow. And, if, and, and they will follow blindly. And that's why people say you're, you know, you get, hear the terms dumb as sheep or people are like sheep. and they're not, No, they're really, really intelligent. Now, I started putting that together in the spirit, and, and shepherds versus sheep, and I'm going to tell you something. If you want something to do, and you feel like sometimes that you, uh, God, where are you, where, what's next, or where do you want me to read, study that. I could sit here for three hours, and then watch what the Holy Spirit, there's a reason that Jesus referred to his people as sheep, and, and, and if you really study it, and see the relationship between shepherd and sheep, you will be like me and be praising God that we have shepherds that love us, that lay their life down for us, that protect us, and they are very careful. We've been uh, uh, serving with pastors five years. Pastors are not quick to just put somebody here and release 
they, that's a good shepherd. That's a good shepherd. He's watching, protecting, praying, guiding. So I just wanted to remind us that today, that we are blessed. We are blessed that we can come in and, and, and be anointed and, and be protected. And then likewise, as you study this subject, we are all the same way. So many of you are pastors right here. You're doing those things as the body of Christ. You're a minister. You do things that you go and visit the sick and, and, and you pray for one another. And we heard and, and we take care of one another. So um, one last thing about a good shepherd that I, that I noted here. They, that stuck out with me with our pastors is they really have our best interests at heart and we share that heart. I can't tell you how much we, Robin and I too, share that heart, rejoice when people are blessed and we hear testimonies and we hear good reports and we get, you know, because, and we follow up when we pray. And we expect God to move when we pray. And, and because he's so compassionate and so graceful. And you need to tell all of our friends, anyone you're talking to, we need to make sure that we're hurting under a good shepherd. And, and, and God has showed me how he is bringing them. He's bringing them. You're right, parking lots, this building. God didn't just give us the square footage, which is 18,000 square feet. So I'm here to tell you, don't think that God doesn't accomplish what he sets out to do. God told me 20 years ago, I'm going to use you to teach and talk, and when you lay your hands on people, it'll be my hands getting my word and study, and then you know how many times in life you'd probably think, well, well, that was me. Or how many of us have seen we, you, any elder in here, anyone that's been walking with the Lord uh, for many, many years will give me testimony after testimony. They've forgotten testimonies after, on top of testimonies of God moving and intervening when we thought he was distant. But he's a good shepherd, and he's watching and he's making good shepherds, and he's calling his flock in, the Lord says. I'm bringing a people because I need to bring them and herd them back under good shepherdship. And I am going to close down the bad shepherds. You will see churches closing, and we're going to go, oh, shame on the devil. Can you believe that? And really, it might be the work of the Lord. Just because you see a church closed or a church body dispersed, isn't always the work of the enemy. It's what Ezekiel was talking about. And I hear the Lord saying that he is getting, uh, he's preparing his bride. It lines up. You're going to see some things change. You're going to see new guests coming to here. And they're going to know immediately if the, if the spirit of God is in them and they are a true remnant believer, when you meet another remnant believer, you know immediately. Right. Your spirits are one. I know in five minutes talking to you if we're on the same page or not or if we follow the same father. I know immediately. 
That's going to happen here when it comes. They're going to come and they're going to, okay, I, there's pasture here. Yeah. I can be fed and get fat yeah. and, and, and be blessed. And that's what's going to happen. And, and I just thank him. And, and, and the Lord wants me to do something today. And, and I'm, I'm trying to, Lord, how's that look? And I just want every one of us, I want to tell you, and I talked last week that the enemy is going to try to destroy and, and, and take away what the Lord's doing. He's trying to divert so much attention away from what God's really doing in the spirit. There's so much I could say about uh, the world and the, the current events today. Um, personally, I believe love will conquer it all. Eventually, it's got to be the love. If the love don't penetrate, then it's just going to be, because that's the only thing. The light pushes out darkness, always does. So we have to get, even us Christians, we have to set back. And as much as we want to fleshly fight um, and, and, and ridicule and persecute those that, are, that are, are doing things wrong, we have to somehow reach out and get, get love in there. But we want to, I want to protect, and, and Pastor, I know it's your day off, but I really believe uh, if I could use you too a minute. And I just, real quick, in, in closing, we want to anoint you. And there's power in this anointing today. If you come and receive in faith, we're going to keep the, par- the, the we're going to anoint, not, not a prayer vert. We just want to anoint you. So if, if we can just maybe come around here in this way and just anoint you and, we're, and, and believing and trusting God for miracles, signs, and wonders, and if there's any parasites, if there's anything that's trying to take root in your life or it's going to be shattered and it's going to be gone because that's what it does. When I anoint your head, it keeps everything, all the parasites away, the flies. They don't, can't even bug in your ear. If you're getting, if you're getting little voices, see... I didn't get into it, but we don't want to get uh, uh, separated. As, as a sheep gets off on its own, it becomes prey. And we're going to keep, we, we, we want to keep hurting. That's why we can't forsake not the gathering of the brethren. It's all about we have to herd with one another. So if that's okay, if you have a need, this would be a time to just believe it. We don't need to know about it. We don't need some big spectacle. God is on the throne. He knows of every need you have before you even ask. He knows. We all know that. He knows what you woke up with, what burdens we had. He knows what fears we have. And he knows that, uh, that if you'll just trust in him, he'll take it away. He'll, he'll bring calm and peace He'll release you of, of any fear that you may have. He's leading us, church, to green pastures. And, he, and it takes a pastor and a pastor team that understands how to guard and, and herd and lead to good grass. I can't lead someone over here. I can't lead you, Jeff, over here and let you eat a weed that can be... See, a goat can't eat milkweed. So I got to make sure the milkweeds are out of my pasture. 
have to guard that. I can't leave a goat to himself. And a, oh, just put them, they'll eat anything. No, they won't. Well, yeah, they will. But some things are harmful. So we have to shepherd. And sometimes that means, guys, getting in your business. But the Lord has set his shepherds. And it's always confidential. It's always in love with a good shepherd because they lay their life down. We anoint our flock. We take care of our flock. We guard you. We look after you. And sometimes that's with, with warning and discipline and in so many ways. These guys do that. Our past, and they teaching to do that. But we can't be worried because God, it's his, it's his church. He's going to fill it. We don't have to be elegant in our speech and try to uh, convince people with, uh, with elegant words and, and higher education and sermons and illustrations. And I don't know anything except Jesus and him crucified. And I know what he did for me. I couldn't put a piece of, I mean, looking at these notes, I mean, I, I, I give up on it. I can't, I, I, I didn't take speech class. I didn't, all I know is I can speak from my heart. You'll always get what's on my heart from me. And Robin, I can't speak any other way. I've just learned that, Steve. I can't put a, and follow it, Pastor. I just can't do it. I got to get a direction from the Holy Ghost and just start rolling with it and let him speak through me and trust that he'll do it. That's it. That's all I can do and that's all I ever want to do. Does that sound good? Can we anoint the flock? Can we anoint you guys? How many? We'll say, yeah, anoint me, protect me. Thanks for listening to this podcast. We would love to connect with you on Facebook or Instagram at Passion Church Mo. Until next time, God bless.